Hi, folks. That video that you just watched is, is an inspirational video. It does something to us when we see a story like that. And I wonder if, like me, you found yourself wondering what it would be like or, or maybe connecting with one of the two people in that video, uh, Dick the father or, or Rick the son. And I wonder if you found yourself thinking, man, there's something with me that so resonates with that because that's the kind of thing that I want to experience. And some of you may even be able to say, that is my experience. And so we would celebrate with you on that. But when we see stories like that, I think there's something in each of us that, that wants that to be a reality more often. When you see that kind of love, that kind of mutual giving and receiving, that kind of acceptance, uh, stamina and endurance, uh, we want that. And that video, which is not a new video, you've probably seen it, or some of you likely have already seen it, um, making its circles on the internet. That, that father-son story is a picture of what a beautiful community looks like when it's connected and centered on Jesus. That's a conviction that I have, is that what we see in that story actually can be reality more and more. Uh, when people come together and they commit themselves to being centered on Jesus. And that's a little bit about what we want to talk about today. This idea of connection. Last week, we talked about um, the idea of being transformed in Christ. And that as a beautiful community, that's what we aspire to be. And beautiful communities uh, are often uh, focused on or they value things like transformation. And of course, this week, we want to dwell on this idea of valuing connectedness or connection. And so transformation is something that we aspire to have happening for everyone, but connection is also something that we would love for you to experience. And if you've been with us for a long time, you will feel a certain degree of connection, and some people will feel more connected than others, and part of our goal is to just increase that sense of connection and belonging more and more for each and every person. And so we want to look again to the Apostle Paul, uh, who was a leader in the early church, who started a lot of churches, and he wrote a lot of letters, and much of our New Testament comprises the letters that he wrote. And so we had Carolyn um, read for us this morning from Ephesians chapter 4. And I just want to highlight a few things from that passage that she read as, as we look at this idea about what it means to be connected with each other, connected with Jesus. And so, uh, in this letter to Christians in the church at Ephesus, Paul spends the first three chapters helping them see who we are in Christ, what God has done for us through Jesus. And so, he spends the first half of this letter saying, this is, this is the value of, of being in Christ. Here's who you are. And he lays it all up. And then the back half is, is some instructions. What he's uh, asking, um, recommending, and encouraging uh, people to do and how to live in that sense of being in Christ together. So in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, 
I'm a prisoner for serving the Lord, and I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And there's this idea of, of being invited into connection. So Paul is encouraging us, lead a life worthy of your calling. And then he reminds us, because you have been called. And the beautiful thing about being connected in Christ is it's not something that is demanded. It is not something that is forced upon any person. God, as God always has been, because he is himself love, is entirely relational. So being connected to Christ, following Jesus, is about being invited to do so, not being forced to do so. And maybe over the centuries, um, the church hasn't done a great job of that. Uh, I love seeing the resurgence of this, of just inviting people into, into choosing to follow Jesus. And by following Jesus, uh, automatically also choosing to be connected with others in that sense of community in Jesus. So before we are asked to do anything in this chapter, Paul has spent three chapters and this first verse saying, you have been called by God. You've been invited. There's no coercion. There's no demanding. There is only invitation. And then Paul begins to instruct us on how we can live because of that sense of calling. So he says, lead a life worthy of that calling. And then he gives some descriptors as to how we do that by always being humble and being gentle, by being patient with each other, by making allowance for each other's faults because of your love, of doing all you can to stay united in the Holy Spirit and binding ourselves together. There's a beautiful picture of connection that we mutually give ourselves to one another in humbleness and gentleness, in in allowing for the differences of one another. Like the father-son in the video You know, the father has limitations, but the son loves him and accepts him anyway. The son has limitations, but the father loves and accepts the son anyway. And together, they're they're stronger. Together, they can do these races where that never would have happened if either one of them was just on their own. And so it's this beautiful picture about being invited by God into the family or into the household or into the kingdom or, or into his government, however you want to look at that. And actually, speaking about government of God, um, in a few weeks, we're actually going to be spending a series on, on Jesus and politics. And so if that whets your appetite, it won't be uh, partisan politics, but following Jesus uh, involves uh, political, um, the political ideas of life. And uh, so I'm excited about that series coming up. Nothing to do with this, just a little commercial. So we're invited into Connection. And then we are invited to not just be connected to Jesus and to each other, but to actually center ourselves on Jesus. So at verse 5, Paul writes, there's one Lord. And he goes on, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all, in all, and living through all. But as you go through the verses, it becomes very clear as in all of Paul's letters, as in all of the early church, that they committed themselves to being focused on Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. And he was the head. He was the one that they were looking to. He was guiding them through his spirit. And so everything pinnacled with Jesus. 
there's this element of not getting distracted from that, not getting off on whether people um, believe all the same things that you do, because we, we realize that when we read the Bible, we read the Bible differently, and we have different ideas about how to interpret it. None of that is meant to divide us, and that won't happen if we recognize that there is one Lord, and it's the generosity of Christ that invites us into God's kingdom, into God's family. So Paul, from verses 5 to 10, is just encouraging us, recognize the centrality of Jesus as you commit to Him and as you commit to one another. As you're going to bind yourselves together in peace, you're going to do that around the centrality of Jesus. And then Paul continues using his words to paint this picture. Not only are we invited into being connected, not only are we centered on Jesus, but then what God always does, he invites us to partner with him. And so in verses 11 uh, and 12 and 13, Paul says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And then he goes on to describe Uh, how this is not an exhaustive list of gifting in the church, but he's saying here's some of the roles that the Spirit of Christ gives to people, these special abilities. Uh, Apostles are are really people that have a, a special ability to lead well. Prophets aren't predicting the future. They are speaking truth into a situation in very creative ways. And evangelists are people who just have this knack of explaining Jesus to, to the world around them. And pastors are the people who are, who are great at caring for one another and caring for the people of a, of a community. And then teachers, it's pretty self-evident. They just have this special gift to teach. And these are all given for the, for the purpose, as he says in verse 12, that we would be able to equip the people in the community who are connected together to do the work of God. So we are, we are invited to partner with Jesus. And it's so beautiful. It's not like God is up here and He's just given us a list of rules of how He wants us to behave and then we do our little thing. Paul uses this language that if Christ ascended, it means He descended. It means He came to us and is with us and is is doing work among us. And, And He just invites us to partner with Him. And so some of the roles that we have in our community are about equipping the people of God to do the work of God. And, and, you know, connection isn't being passive. It's about working together. It's about, it's about having a role to play. And, and I think that father and son, you would think the father's doing all the work. Not the case, because the son is the heart, as they said in the video. He's the one that is encouraging the father and inspiring him. And they're communicating and the son has an, an equal amount of input uh, into that relationship. And so being connected, in being a beautiful con- community that's connected through Christ, is also about the work that we do together in, in inviting others to be part of that family and building each other up and growing together in a healthy way. In the last few verses, up to verse 16, Paul just lays out, here's the benefits of being connected. So he's saying, you know, we're not going to be immature children. We're not going to be tossed or blown about. We're not going to be knocked about 
um, by life, and we're not going to be easily deceived by some people. And he says, instead, in verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And there's this idea that there's a benefit to being connected. We grow stronger together. We're able to offer protection for one another from all the things that life throws our way. Being part of a community, being connected, centered in Jesus, actually has, has value in our, own, in our own growth and health. We're stronger, we're protected, and we are becoming more like Jesus. We are growing in love, and He's the head, and we just find ourselves being drawn up into Him, and we are becoming more and more like Him together. And that's the beauty of connection. You are growing as an individual. At least, I think, I think when we choose to follow Jesus, we grow as individuals. And where it gets even more beautiful is that these individuals come together, and somehow we grow together becoming more and more beautiful. And the more harsh life gets, the more beauty we need. The more difficult challenges we face, the more we need the beautiful things of life. And what Paul is, is crafting for us here is a picture of beauty personified in the church with Christ at the center of it all. You know, this Sunday we are one year of really uh, dealing with the pandemic and being an online community. And it's had its uh, ups and downs. It's been challenging, and we've come through a long winter, and we know that it feels difficult to, to carry on in the way that we are. Uh, even as I'm, as I'm speaking to you right now, the weather has changed. It's getting warmer. There's more daylight the sun is out more, and we're all feeling good about that. And the vaccine is on the horizon, and many of us are feeling good about that. But we know that we've still got a ways to go. And so as we still continue to be in the red zone and live in this online world, how do you stay connected in an online world? Now, fortunately, we have some personal connection. I've been working hard lately at just trying to creatively meet people outside because I have been starving for face-to-face interaction. I'm a high extrovert. I need that connection. And, and, and for a while, uh, I've been shriveling up inside. And, and with the help of my therapist, we've put together a plan that just allows me to, to feel like I can prosper um, even more in this current time. And so part of that is just simply be creative and meet more people face-to-face. So that's what I've been doing. But how do you stay connected in an, online, in an online universe? Well, I have to tell you this. Some of the, the most beautiful moments I've experienced in life have been online. Not only this past year, there have been some fantastic moments that we've had sharing with people online. But I did a three-year master's degree with 10 other people. And the sense of community that developed among us, meeting once a week for 90 minutes over three years, was profound. And many of us are still friends and still keeping in touch with each other today. So it is possible. The Holy Spirit can be at work in an online community. And in fact, I've seen it happening in our midst here in our New Life family. 
So here's a couple things that I want to highlight about being connected uh, in an online way. We are still going to be in person and, and soon we will be able to figure out, I don't know what soon means, but we will be able to figure out how to, how to be in person again. But in the meantime, and even after, uh, here's a couple things I want to highlight. One, we've created an, an online Facebook group that is particular to New Life. So if you're not a part of that, there are 50 people already a part of that. Uh, there's a link below in the video description, and you can just scroll down there and click on it, and it will take you to our Facebook page. You can um, ask to join the group, and we'll let you in. And we are just creating some some new ways of quick sense quick sense of connection there. So some posts that just say, hey, leave a comment to this question, um, interaction with the sermon that you're hearing right now, maybe something I said raises a question for you or comment. Go to the online Facebook page and and leave a comment on the post that asked, do you have questions or comments about the sermon? Then Tuesday night, I'll address some of those. And, and I'll do that live on video and through that group. And you can go on and watch if you want or catch it later. On Wednesday night, very similarly, we have some prayer time. If you want prayer, you can leave a comment, ask for prayer. One of us will be on live to lead us through some prayers and to pray for one another. So that's the online Facebook group that you can be connected to. And the other thing that I just want to raise awareness about is a new pilot that we're uh, unrolling or trying out around the area, not only of connection, but of care. And so what we've been able to do is look at our New Life family from a geographical perspective. So we literally, um, through the wonders of technology, we're able to take everyone who's in our database connected to New Life and put that on a Google map and actually look at our congregation from a neighborhood perspective. And I'm going to um, put this up on the screen for you right now. And what you can see is that we have people in in Meaford, <clears throat> and there's quite a few in Meaford and Thornberry, all the way around to, to Allenwood Beach. And then if you look down, you'll see some people uh, in Cremor. I think we have some actually in New Lowell and Stainer and Singhampton, and then past Singhampton, uh, Brewster's Lake, which is moving towards Markdale up Highway 4. So we have a significant family from a very wide perspective of our region that are all a part of our New Life family. So we've been looking at this idea of, of New Life neighborhoods. And the idea is <clears throat> to look at some of the, the natural geographical boundaries and of course, if you look at this next map, <laughs> I just you can see the you can see the neighborhoods that are that are put together here in some way, and yet you've got these two people here that are that are living um, outside of any of the neighborhoods. And I just laughed when I saw that. I was thinking, like, what did these people do that they didn't get included? But I suspect it's just not wanting to create some weird little oblong shake, but shape. But I but I thought that was funny. So whoever you are, I don't know who that is. Uh, you must have done something. Uh, um, to be on the outside, which completely goes against everything that I just said about being connected, but <clears throat> that is all tongue-in-cheek and fun. But we've got this idea of neighborhoods, and we are inviting people to, to help create a sense of connectedness and care neighborhood by neighborhood. So within a neighborhood, we've got, we're, we're 
trying to to invite people to say, hey, would you be willing to just make a connection with six to eight households? Maybe it's a quick phone call or sending a letter and just reminding people we are right around the corner and we are part of the same family and, and your New Life family loves you and we're here for you and and it's just creating a sense of connectedness. There's going to be more information coming out about that in the coming weeks. And then as we get later into the spring approaching summer, we'll be trying it out as a pilot project to see how this is going to work out. And it's not meant to be in place of anything else. It is just uh, something else we want to do to do even better at connectedness and care, not only during COVID, but even beyond. And so I'm excited about it. And, and I hope that, um, that this will um, unroll or, or take place the way that we envision it will and uh, and that it will just allow us to do an even better job of staying connected and making sure that we do a great job caring for everyone who's a part of our family so a community that is connected with Jesus at the center of it to me is always a beautiful thing because when we center ourselves on Jesus we begin to look more and more like what Paul is describing here in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm excited about that. I'm so grateful to be part of this New Life family with you, and I trust that you find yourself feeling the very same way. Um, Yeah, and if you want to be more connected and you're not part of the online Facebook group, click that link, and then keep your eyes and your ears open for more about New Life neighborhoods in the coming weeks. And uh, we will... uh, End it here, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless.